0: Let's uh, go today over to the book of Acts. And uh, we want to begin. I've been uh, ministering. I ministered last Sunday morning on this issue of uh, this subject of focus required. Focus required. There are things that the Lord has given us, and I say us, us as a body, uh, but my uh, my wife and I recently, Clarence, to begin to go after and uh, to go after in earnest. And so that's what we're doing as a body. And uh, I have no uh, hesitation in saying that uh, one of the main things we're going after is a building. And uh, We're going after a building for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Lord said to me, He said, I want to bring you to a place of higher visibility and higher exposure. And we've got plans for this building. Uh, We don't plan to sell it. We don't plan to give it away. We plan to use it for our television ministry. And that's what the Lord has been dealing with us to do. Uh, God places churches in their positions. We talked about this a couple Sunday nights ago, uh, to be an open door, to be a portal. You know, when Paul went to the city of Ephesus and he began to preach the gospel, he said in Ephesus, there's a great and effectual door that's open to me. And uh, so my point in saying that is so in what we're dealing with, especially this morning, we're going to deal with that, uh, uh, that subject, of focus required and what God's asking of us. When we talk about the word focus, the word focus is a fixed point of attention. It's a central point, a fixed point of attention. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, and he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to Me unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, Jerusalem is the city. Judea is the state. Samaria is the nation. And uttermost parts of the earth is the world. City, state, nation, and world. God said part of our vision was that we were to be a spiritual distribution center distributing the word of faith from our church to our city, to our state, to our nation, and ultimately to our world. Amen? So the key to keeping our focus is just to keep doing what God told us to do until he tells us to do something else. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, just keep doing what you're doing doing till till God says do something else. Oh, hallelujah. See, behind every fixed point of attention is a purpose. Behind every fixed point of attention or central point of attention is a purpose. And the purpose in this Scripture that we read was to be witnesses, city, state, nation, and world. That was the purpose. Notice over in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2. And uh, this is... uh, a familiar passage of Scripture, but yet it speaks so much to what we're, God's moving us into. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it, the vision, shall speak and not lie. The vision won't lie. Though it, the vision, tarries, though it's, it's, you're waiting on it. Notice, wait for it, because it, the vision, will surely come. It, the vision, will not tarry. Hallelujah. The assignment that God has given us, our focus is coming to pass. We're seeing it come to pass. Television ministry is expanding. Amen. Uh, 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 Book ministry is expanding. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Churches are expanding and growing. Amen. Do you see this? People know we're here to stay. You can't be somewhere 24 years successfully and people not know you're there to stay. Amen. People know we're here to stay. So no matter what we're doing, no matter how big we become, no matter how much property we possess, no matter how many stations we're on, no matter how many sites we have, no matter how many networks we're on, we have to maintain our focus and maintain our purpose, which is building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God and distributing that message city, state, nation, and world. Amen. God gives the power to perform the purpose. Notice over here in the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. Everybody say out loud focus is required. Focus is required. Oh, hallelujah. I saw something not too long ago, a minister that um, pastored a worldwide church, global locations, and made a statement. He had, he had uh, fallen into some issues of morality, and uh, the church board had let both him and his wife go. And, you know, you think, you know, somebody find, founds a church over 40 years ago and they can just be let go. Well, I mean, I, I understand how that can be disheartening, but he made a statement. He said, our church is losing its beautiful soul. Our beautiful church is losing its soul. You know what they lost? Their purpose. Their purpose, the reason that they exist. I, I, I need you to understand this, and you can do with this whatever you want. There is no church whose purpose is to just record music. There's no church whose purpose is just to be dramatic. The purpose of every church is preach the word. Let the Holy Spirit move. Let lives be changed. Whenever you turn and it begins to be an entertainment conglomerate, and it begins to be, be this, this thing where you're setting uh, the cool standard for the body of Christ, you're losing your purpose. And it's it's not about do you wear a tie, do you not wear a tie? Do you have tattoos, do you not? I'm so, do you realize I'm so far past that? I was past that like 2 hours after the whole seeker friendly movement started. I decided I decided about 2 hours after that I was never going to be up here with holes in my jeans and a t-shirt and right just it, that's just me. That's never been an issue for me. But here here's the point. It's it's deeper than that. If you got a guy in jeans and a t-shirt that's sticking to his purpose and doing what God told him to do, that church will thrive and prosper. Think what you want about the honor aspect. It's the purpose. If if the purpose you're in the jeans is to try to bring people, then you're off your purpose. I'm not up here in a suit and a tie because I think that's what you want. That's what I think God wants from me. This is my purpose. Are are you following me? The church is not an entertainment conglomerate. We're not supposed to build empires to our ingenuity. Paul said God chose people that don't know how to do what God's asking them to do, but yet they depend upon the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help them do what they don't know how to do. I don't know how to do everything that God's telling me to do, but I have a divine genius that resides on the inside of me, and he'll take one phrase from one person and give you a whole notebook full of instruction. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord said, is this okay? The Lord said to me one time concerning the things that he's asking us to do. He says, this does not have to be difficult. All you have to do is listen. And then he said to me, many people have a hard time because they won't listen. And he said to me, most people don't listen. Our job is what? Listen and do. Listen and do. Pray, hear from heaven, do what heaven says. That's your job in your life. Pray about it, hear what God says, do what God says. That's simple. Amen. Did you find Jonah chapter 1? No, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city And cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, notice, right here we see Jonah's purpose. This is to be his focus. Amen. Notice chapter 1 there, verse 3. But Jonah, now, anytime you see the word but, it means they're going in the opposite direction. This is what God said, but. Do you know when God gives you a word, it's attached to your purpose? And if you put a butt in there, you're immediately on a ship going the opposite direction. Amen. When the Lord told me to pastor, I had never pastored. I'd been an assistant pastor. I, I, I liked going to different churches. I liked blowing in, blowing up, and blowing out. I like being a force of nature. Just blow in there and knock them out and leave. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the thing, the thing that a lot of people don't understand about pastoring is that the, the, the preaching part of it, the teaching part of it, comes out of my gift. It comes out of the anointing on my life. But when you're called to be a pastor, there's also a gifting and a calling there to help people grow. And, and you actually begin to look at people with problems as opportunities for the goodness of God to show up. It wasn't that way when I first started pastoring. I didn't understand my purpose was to help them. My idea of counseling was, get over it. Yeah, but I got a problem, and we all got problems. I had a problem this morning. I'm here. I'm happy, right? Amen. Yeah, but this person talked about me, and Jesus was perfect, and they killed him. So what's your problem? Now, I don't counsel that way anymore. But what I'm saying, I I had to recognize this is... (laughs) You are my meat-neater. That, that's right. But th- there'll be counseling available after service. Get over it. But, but here's what I'm saying. I had to understand that's part of my purpose. And if that's part of my purpose, and imperfect people are going to come to my church, and they're going to have problems, part of my purpose is to help them. Right? There's no But. I say there's no but. Amen. I remember talking to my pastor one time, and I asked him, I said, Pastor, did you counsel everybody that wanted counseling? He said, Oh, yeah, I counseled everybody. I was hoping he'd say, No, no you don't. You know There's people with certain problems you don't counsel. It's, it's the purpose. Now, there's people that can help you, but notice Jonah's purpose, his focus, should have been go to Nineveh. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was likely to be broken. Now, think about this. The presence of the Lord was going to manifest in Nineveh for Jonah. Hallelujah. But he went away from the presence of God. Jonah didn't keep his focus. When you don't keep your focus, you move away from the presence of God. You move away from the purpose that God has for you. I'm solidly convinced that 98% of people that are singing in secular music today were, were given that gift and called by God to help the body of Christ. But they're not in their purpose. They're making a lot of money. They have notoriety. But they don't have their purpose. Amen. Notice in, in, in Genesis 18. We're going to come back to Jonah in a little bit. Just He's, he's in the ship right now in the storm. Learning. I have to run from God. Genesis 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grievous... I will go down now and see. I will go down is is, is defined as a judicial decision. God's going to go make a judicial inquiry. You see this? I'm going to go down. Now, God did not have to come down because he didn't know. God did not come down to see how bad it was God came down to see who he could save. Amen. When when God came looking for you, and you didn't go looking for him. When he came looking for you, he wasn't looking for you to catch you doing something wrong. You were already doing something wrong. He came looking for you to catch you in the net of his love and rescue you. God wanted to correct your deviation and get you back on your purpose. (laughs) Verse 22, And the men turned their faces from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Notice something. God will not do anything in the earth that He doesn't reveal to His servants. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, you don't have to go there, but it says, I, the Lord God, will do nothing that I don't reveal to my servants. I won't do anything that I don't reveal to my servants. Here's why. A man will always be involved in the plan of God. There will always be a man involved. And when we say man, man, or woman, but you understand, there will always be A man involved. God was concerned for Sodom and Gomorrah. He was concerned for Nineveh. And notice, he said, their cry has come up before me. Their wickedness has come up before me. And he needed a person to intercede for them. He needed a man to intercede. Glory to God. God was personally interested in what was going on in those cities. It's possible there were people calling on God in those cities. But God was personally interested. God is personally interested in our cities. He's personally interested. God has an invested interest. In DeSoto. God has an invested interest in Johnson County. God has an invested interest in Douglas County. God has an invested interest. He put us almost in the very center of the nation because He has an invested interest in what goes on here. You can plant a church in a city just to further your denomination, or you can plant a church in a city to fit to further the purpose of God. I want to further the purpose of God. Amen. Amen. Notice in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. And verse 7. And the Lord said, I've seen the affliction of my people that are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out of that land to a good land, a large land, flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Mm. Notice, why God bring them out? He's concerned about them. Their purpose was never to be slaves. Their purpose was to serve God. Their purpose was to be a jewel for the nations to see how good God was. The church is to be a shining example of God's goodness in the earth. Not, not, not just in what we have and what we possess, but in what we say and how we say it and the way we declare it to people. When we say God is good, we are fulfilling the purpose of God in the earth. Amen. Amen. God's concerned about them. And notice, He's determined to bring them out. God's concerned about you. And He's determined to bring you out. He's determined to make things turn your way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Look at Psalm 14. This is a beautiful scripture. Psalm 14 and verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. God's concerned about every person. God's concerned about every life. God's concerned about every ministry. God's concerned about every city. Our assignment is to be a distribution center City, state, nation, and world. And God's given us the power for that purpose. Amen. But we got to keep our focus, this is important, on the purpose and not on the power. Got to keep our focus on the purpose and not on the power. We never can forget what God has called, anointed, and empowered us to do as a body. Amen. Because that (coughs) is our purpose. And with purpose comes power. And so that's why I said we have to keep our focus on the purpose not on the power. Well, I want the power. Then get in the purpose. The power of the purpose is what changes things. But I got to be in the purpose for the power to be there. Have you ever noticed something? I was walking through the airport one time with my pastor. And we were, I'm trying to remember, we were going to Arizona uh, Healing of the Nations motorcycle rally in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, we were we, early in the morning, we were walking through and, and we were talking about this subject. We were talking about vision and the vision for churches. And he began to talk to me about the churches that he knew over the years that had changed their vision. You know, if we believe that the church is not a building, and it's not, it's, it's, it houses the church. But what makes a church a church is the vision. If you brought another body in here, another another group of people, another pastor, a totally different church, they would have a totally different vision. It wouldn't matter what the building is. But is the purpose for what God's called us to do going to be accomplished? No, because the vision would be different. The purpose would not be there. And we, we begin to talk about these different things. And, and he mentioned a certain church, and he, and he made this statement. He said, the vision for this church, and he began to say what it was, and he goes, well, it used to be that. It's not anymore. And when he talked to me about that, I could, begin, I could look at that church and see, there's not the same strength in that church that there was at one point. There's more of a focus on, on becoming relevant. There's more of a focus on, on making sure that, that our lighting is just right and that you know, we're, the, we're the place that everybody wants to go to instead of vision and purpose. You focus on the purpose and not on the power. Does that make sense? You're focused on the purpose and not on the power because you can't forget what God has anointed and called and empowered a church to do. Okay, told you we'd get back to Jonah. Let's run back over there. He, we left him on the boat. Hallelujah. Jonah chapter 1. And verse three, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In the uh, late 1950s, Dr. Lester Summerall started a church in Manila, Philippines, And uh, he started it in a, actually bought an old B-52 bomber hangar that had been dismantled, and he was having it put together, and he lived in an apartment above the church. And, uh, of course, back in those days, no television, things of that nature, so he had the radio on uh, there in Manila. And if you've ever been to Manila, it's like New York City on steroids. It's it's. It's one of the biggest things I've ever seen in my life. But my point is, so in Manila, Philippines, he's there, and he's listening to the radio, and they come over the radio, and they say, we are now at Billy Bit Prison in Manila, Philippines. It's a central prison system there in Manila. And they said, we're, we're here uh, because of the reports of the monster And what had happened was there was a young girl named Clarita Villanueva, and she had been a prostitute on the streets of Manila, and she had been arrested for prostitution. And while she was in jail, there began to be demonic manifestations in her body to the point that the demons were biting her, and the bite marks became visible. If you don't think the spiritual realm is real, you're sadly mistaken. It was so bad that at one point in, in, a, in the physical fight that she was in, when, they, when they, she passed out and when she came to, she had a tuft of hair in her hand. And they examined the hair and came back with this conclusion. It is of no natural origin. There's no being that we know of on the earth that this could be applied to. Now, I'm not preaching doctrine. I'm, you do whatever you want to do with that, but it's a real thing. Dr. is there, and during that, that radio broadcast, he can hear this young lady screaming. He can hear her shrieking. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go and deliver her. And Dr. Summerall said, I don't have a deliverance ministry. Get somebody else. I know you've never done that. Listen, you know what the Lord said? I don't have anybody else. Dr. Summerall said that's what broke me, was when God told me, I don't have anybody else. Long story short, he went and delivered that young girl from the power of those demons. But but I, I want you to see something. When God asked me to pastor this church, He let me know that He had asked the other pastors to do what He asked me to do, and they wouldn't do it. And that's sobering because I wasn't God's first choice, I was His third choice. Do you see what I'm saying? I was third. I remember when a minister was here ministering the gospel, very well-known minister, and looked at me and my wife and said, the ministry will be on airwaves, but I will take it nationally and internationally. Now, here's my point. We've had to keep our focus on the purpose God has given us and not on the power. Amen. Had to keep our focus on the purpose. See, that's, that's very simple. Why did the other ministers not continue? They got their focus off their purpose. When God tells you something, that becomes your purpose. Does God lie? Can God lie? Will God lie? So if God cannot lie, he told those other ministers and asked them the same thing that he asked me. Amen. Now, there are other mitigating factors that I know that I would never tell that, that caused problems in both of those ministries. But here's the point that I'm making. If God asked them and they didn't do it, wouldn't do it, they lost purpose somewhere. You, you've got to stay with your purpose when people don't think you're right. You've got to stay with your purpose when people want you to do this or people want you to do that. you got to stay with your purpose when they want you to hurry and when they want you to slow down. you got to stay with your purpose whether they think you're right or think you're wrong. you got to stay with your purpose because that's the, they don't understand that the power for everything they want to do is contingent upon you staying with your purpose. The money for our building is not going to come just from what's in the Ezra fund. It's going to come from the power of God. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. One moment of favor can do for us what hundreds of thousands of dollars cannot do. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. We just got to be in His purpose. Yeah. If we have the purpose for a building right, God will give us the building for the purpose. Yeah. But we got to have the purpose. Yes. We can't break it down and get out of purpose and then want a building. Amen. Because why do we need a building? And if we're not doing that, why do we need a building? Right. We don't. Listen, I'm not that good. If I'm not in my purpose, you won't like me. Because purpose is what gives me the anointing and the ability to do what we're doing. The Lord told my pastor one time, he said, I want you to go buy a full price suit. He had not bought a full price suit. Find the most expensive suit in town. And at that time, the most expensive suit in town was made by the three Hebrew children, Hart, Schaffner, and Marks. They still have good suits. Amen. I got a couple of their suits. They're still good. But here's the point. It was very expensive for that time. And he said, Lord, why should I do that? I can go down to the bargain basement and get three uh, uh, polyester suits, double knit for $79. Hallelujah. Lapels out there. (laughs) Yes. Why, why was that important? Now, you've heard this story, but why was that important? Purpose was tied to his poverty mindset. The Lord said to him, if you can't buy, pay full price for a suit, you can't build a building. And if you can't build a building, you can't reach a city. And then he said this, and if you can't reach a city, why do I need you? We have not just been in this location for 24 years because we've been maintaining. God's pleased with us. Do you realize how many miracles have happened in this building? Do you realize the people that we've seen on the brink of death that God brought back in this building I'm looking around this room there are people in here your families have been restored in this building there are people that your bodies have been healed there's people that the doctor said this is how it's going to go but God said no it's not this is the way it's going to go there are people that had no idea what God wanted you to do but you walked through that back door and you were met with the presence of God and your purpose finally became clear If, we, if I died and went to heaven today, I'm not, but if I did, I could leave knowing I have stayed with my purpose. Hallelujah. Do you see this? So if we're not going to stay with the purpose, why do we need a building? We don't. The only reason we need a building is to keep building faith and framing worlds on a larger scale. And the Lord said he's taking us to a higher place of visibility and exposure. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Jonah chapter 2. We've had to keep our focus. Nothing is allowed to get your focus. People that come and people that go are not allowed to get your focus. Something that you would always do yourself well to remember is nobody that you know saved you. Nobody that you know died for you. You stay focused and you stay committed to the one that saved you and the one that died for you. And you let everybody else come or go. They need to do what they're going to do. But you're going to stay focused to the one that saved you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Jonah chapter 2. Verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto you, into your holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. The Amplified Bible of that verse, Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, it says it, those who pay regard to false, useless, And worthless idols forsake their own source of mercy and loving kindness. Now, that's important. Observing lying vanities is a focus breaker. Useless, worthless things. In a ministry, if it's not in God's purpose for that ministry... It's useless and worthless. I, I have a friend, for instance, that has a, a, a daycare in his uh, daycare, after school care in his church, and he was talking to a group of ministers one time, and he said, you know, that has brought in uh, 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 about a million dollars a year. Well, you know, you think a million dollars a year. Well, you know, a million dollars. Is still a million dollars, but it's not a million dollars. You understand what I mean by that? Is people think, wow, I could do that and get a million dollars and a bunch of problems because that's what he sought the Lord and the Lord told him to do. Yeah, it brought in a million dollars. How much did it take out? Am I, am I right about that? Amen. It can become a lying vanity. Well, I'll just do this because that'll bring in money. Now you're off your purpose. What does God fund? Purpose. Doesn't the Bible tell us in not so many words that it's not the plan of man that God funds? It's his plan. See, God could afford in the Old Testament to make all the furniture in his tabernacle either pure gold or overlaid with gold because it was his purpose. If God could give slaves that were just delivered enough gold, where'd they get the gold? It was given to them. When they left, and they had so much of it that they could make several pieces of furniture out of solid gold. And that was just what the willing-hearted... Do you know everybody wasn't willing-hearted? Because that was the contention that God put on there. Everybody that's willing-hearted, let them bring. So that means everybody didn't. but just out of the willing free will offerings of his people he built that tabernacle that was worth hundreds of millions of dollars why what was his purpose dwell among my people is that right would god give us a purpose without a plan to give us the provision for the purpose. I, I, I need you to see this. I, I need you to see. Thank you. I, I heard Gary Cassie say that one time. He said, provision is for the vision. But here's what I need you to see. And, and, and bear with me when I say this. The numbers will only get bigger when when we first started this church i thought 19000 cash dollars was a lot of money because i bought a passenger van and the board you were on the board and and the board approved the purchase and we we financed it i thought that's a lot of money do you know what one guy did one guy i asked the lord for the money to pay that van off you know what the lord did one guy they wheeled him in in a wheelchair paralyzed from the chest down wheeled him in the wheelchair and the Lord started touching his family. He called me out to his house one time. This is right before Y2K. He had take, he had been a country music star and and made a lot of money. And he'd taken that that money and 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 had a lot of it. Uh, he had went out and bought bags of nineteen twenty something silver dollars. He took me in his back room and gave me three bags of those nineteen twenty something silver dollars. You say, what'd you do to them? Well, I went and found out how much they were worth. What'd you do with it? Paid that van off. Amen. Amen. You see, he gave them to me. He said, I want to give this to you. Here, here, the reason I'm telling you this is this. That was a lot of money to me. God took me to some guy's back room who gave me the money I needed to pay the van off. Yeah. The numbers are just going to get bigger. Now they're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and God's doing it and has continued to do it. Well, we're about to hit the million flow. So when we put a number up there that has six or seven zeros in it, don't choke. If it's the purpose, the provision is there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. So tell your neighbor, I won't worry. worry." We're in our purpose. We're in our purpose. Notice verse uh, 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 4 of Jonah chapter 3. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's Jonah's eight word sermon. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Nineveh was a city of some 60 miles circumference. And he's walking through this city preaching. Notice verse 10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them, and he did it not. All God needed was for Jonah to focus on Nineveh all he needed. God was just waiting for somebody, for Jonah, to preach the word so they could turn and he could change his mind. God wanted to change his mind. And he just needed somebody to get in the purpose. Don't let those thoughts come into your mind and just exit the same door they came in at. Well, I feel like the Lord wants me to do this. Well, is that part of your purpose? I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this the nicest way I know how. How many years do you have left to just say, well, you know, was that the Lord or was it not? What? When are you going to start doing something with what God's asked you to do? This life you're leading is the shortest thing you're ever going to know. It's not going to be long. Either the trumpet's going to sound or they're going to say over you, dearly beloved. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. You got about five more minutes God time. And when I stand before Jesus, the only thing that he's going to ask me is what did you do with what I asked you to do? Paul said there are going to be people that get before him and their works are going to be put through the fire and everything they did is going to be burnt up. They're going to make heaven but with no reward. I'm in this thing for a reward. I'm in this thing because I want to go to heaven, but I want him to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You stayed with your purpose. You did what I asked you to do. Hallelujah. There are people that need what we are, hallelujah. and God's placed us here to fulfill that purpose. Oh, hallelujah. God needed Jonah to focus on Nineveh so he, God, could accomplish his purpose. God needs us in this city, in this county, in this state, so he can accomplish his purpose. And it doesn't matter if there are other Word of Faith churches. It doesn't matter if there are other Pentecostal churches. Every Word of Faith church is not, doesn't have the purpose our church has. Every Word of Faith church is not called to be on TV. Every Word of Faith church is not called to do what we're called to do, and we're not called to do what they're doing. But we all have a purpose. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know, Pastor, Pastor, what if you get a building and it's farther away? Then you got a choice to make, don't you? You know, I hear people talk about driving a long ways. I got a family that come to the Little Rock Church that drive three hours one way. They drive from Shreveport, Louisiana every Sunday and love it. And are trying to figure out a way to stay on Sunday night. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hammering on anybody, they found their purpose. Amen. They found something that's changing their life. We got people here today that drive an hour over, depending on traffic, one way to come to church. What you know, See, I got to make a decision. If I go somewhere else, is that my purpose? Can I just go to church because it's church? Or do I want to find where my purpose is? Is that church going to give me the ability to find my purpose or not? Well, you know, it's just as long as I'm in church. That's, that's, that's a flawed mindset. You're, you're to be where God wants you to be and has placed you not just somewhere. Amen. Amen. I mean, ladies, how would you have liked it if your husband would have said, Well, I might as well marry you. I mean, a woman's a woman, right? Yeah, that's right, cat. She's like, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I was. A, I probably was too, but that's right. But here, here's yeah. purpose. Now I gotta hurry. It's twelve oh five, but 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 we got a late start. God is going to anoint and put his power on those that will stay focused on the purpose. God is going to anoint and put his power on those who will stay focused on the purpose. We'll, we'll, We'll get through these last few quickly. I try not to get too preachy. John 4 and 34, notice Jesus, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Now, we we quote that very often in our purpose, talking about purpose, and we should, but notice what, what Jesus' focus was. They said, has somebody brought you something to eat? And here's what Jesus is saying. Natural food pales in comparison to what the Father has asked me to do. In other words, I don't care if I eat or not. I get my nourishment. I get my fulfillment. I get my excitement, if you will, out of doing the will of him that sent me. There are very few people you know that are excited about anything that God's asked them to do because they don't know what God's asked them to do and they don't know what God's asked them to do because they've never arrived in a place where their purpose can be outlined for them. Hallelujah. Your purpose clearly is build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. Your purpose, part of it, is to help raise up a distribution center of the Word of Faith and distribute this message, city, state, nation, and world. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to old folks, young folks, white folks, black folks, mixed folks, blended folks, conglomerate folks, everybody, male, female, skinny, heavy, in between, educated, uneducated, wealthy, poor. You, you keep coming. You won't be that way much longer. But the point is, you got a purpose here. God's got something for you to do here. It might be a door greeter. It might be an usher. It might be in the AV department. It might be in the children's department. But when you help God furnish the purpose, God will help you fulfill your purpose. Glory to God. John 6 and 38. I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. The reason that Jesus kept his focus. What was his focus? The cross and the throne. The cross and the throne. The reason Jesus kept his focus was because he was doing the will of him that sent him. We are doing the will of him that sent us. Well, we got to keep our focus. If you're just doing your own thing, you can do whatever you want. I've had people call me. I've had ministries call me. Hey, we're doing this, and we'd like you to get involved. I said, "Hmm, No. And, and it would get real quiet on the other end. Well, well, why not? Um, because that's not something the Lord would have us get involved in. Yeah, but it's a good thing. I understand, and we'll pray for you. We'll believe with you that you'll have a good meeting. But that's not what the Lord told us to get involved in. You understand? I have a good friend that pastors a, a growing church, thriving church, and his vision is so evangelistic. And, and, and we love, we, listen, we win a lot more soul than people think we win. Just, just last Sunday in Little Rock, you should have seen the hands going up all over the place, all over the place, people getting saved, coming back to the Lord. Amen. But here's my point. But he's doing his purpose. That's what God called him to do. God has called all of us to win souls, and we all do. But here's my point. God has called this church to distribute the word of faith, city, state, nation, and world. That's what we're going to do. And, and if, if you try to tag along on somebody else's vision, you're in somebody else's purpose. I've talked to people that I respect, honor highly, and they'll tell me, this is what you need to do. And I just smile knowingly and say, praise God. Thank you for your advice. Or do you do it? Mm Mm-mm. Why? That's not what God told us to do. See, I don't get to do what I want. I get to do what he wants. You know, we've been evaluating, Lord, what do we need to do? I want to say this the right way so that you don't think we're doing something knee-jerk. I've been asking the Lord for two years, Lord, what do I need to do about Sunday nights? Because you said to us that Sunday nights were reserved for the movement of the Holy Spirit. But for the last two years, I've just felt this scratching in my spirit about what, what do we do about Sunday night. Because you know me, you know what I think, the more church, the better, right? I mean, you got people with one service a week now. I mean, not like we need less church, but what if God's saying, I want you to let go of that so I can take you somewhere? What if we end up in a facility in the interim that we can't have a Sunday night service? Are we willing or will we let tradition or will I let words that I've spoken over the pulpit stop me from moving into something? Well, Pastor, if you don't have Sunday night, you know, then that means I got to come on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Or watch it, but you understand what I mean. Now, people say, are we going to do that? Don't be surprised. Oh, it got quiet, lost my crowd. (laughs) Think about that. When you're hooked up to purpose, purpose will drive you. and, And I use that word hesitantly because not driving like a bad thing. It propels you. Can I? Do you have a few more minutes? Can you stand a little more? It's kind of like you know when Mama used to fix your favorite dish, right? I used to say when when I, my wife would fix my favorite dish, but I do most of the cooking now, and so it's like when I cook your favorite dish. That's right. And, and and you know you know that you're up to here. And Mama says, "Oh, have just another bowl," right? I used to go to my aunt Pauline's. My grandmother lived in a little travel trailer next to my aunt Pauline and my uncle Carl. And Sunday afternoon, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, don't 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 bear with me. I got a couple more scriptures. I want to share something with you. And uh, oh, you'd go over there. And 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 my favorite thing was they'd have green beans on the stove in a big pot with ham hocks in them. I don't eat ham hocks now, but nonetheless, oh, my goodness. And then she'd have uh, brown beans on the pot. And before she'd put them on the table, she'd slice up a big deal pickle in them. Oh, my goodness. Delicious. Oh, my goodness. I say, oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, I'd be full. Uh, just a little more can you handle just a little more i say can you handle just a little more anybody tell me where i was going with that anybody remember sunday night hallelujah anyway we all have a plan in god's purpose we all have a plan in God's purpose. In uh, John 17 and verse 4, it'll come back to me. Jesus said, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you gave me to do. He was able to stay focused by focusing on his purpose. Focusing on his purpose purpose In John 19:30 you remember Jesus on the cross he said it is finished even at the cross his eyes was on his purpose it the purpose is finished the purpose is finished To go where God desires a body to go, the focus has to be on the purpose, not the place, not the meeting time, the purpose. Why are we doing what we're doing? If cutting a service, adding a service adds to the purpose, that's what we do. We, we, we labor under a deficit in the generation that we're in. And I want you to understand why. When I was growing up, and many of you will remember this even further back, nothing was open on Sunday. I mean, you couldn't run to, well, we didn't have Walmart then, but you couldn't run to Kmart on Sunday. wasn't open the main thing that might be open was restaurants. And you had to be in a big city. And here's why. Everybody went to church. It was the Lord's Day. Over the last 35, I would dare say 40 years, we've had a decline. Until to the day and age that we're in, we have a generation that doesn't know what it's like to consistently go to church. Amen. And here's my point. So when they do show up, we got to bring the goods. Amen. The power has to be there. What are we not focused on? The power. We're focused on the purpose. So from... from kingdom kids, to faith kids, to detour, to expansion, young adult group, to the adult sanctuary. The focus is the purpose, building faith and framing worlds. Because kids are going to come to this youth group that don't know what it's like to know anything about the Word of God. Every time you go after purpose, change accompanies it. Hallelujah. Do You see this? Purpose. And God will put you in a place. Your, your purpose dis- determines your placement. If your purpose... is vital. God will place you where it's needed. That's what I was going to say. told you to come back to me. Years ago, and and many were here when we did this. Years ago, when we started the church, I say we started the church, I became the pastor. We really did. We started Faith Builders 2000, 2000, because that that would have been uh, uh, about a year. And so when we started the, the Faith Builders we, we were very outreach-minded. At one point, we had three full-size buses, and we would bus at times 200 people on Sunday mornings. We had to have two services and then feed them. Uh, I had a dear woman that, that worked here, wonderful woman, Rose Martell, and there were other people that helped, but she would show up at 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday mornings working with that big pallet of food that we got from harvesters every week, and she'd have a big pot going. And, it, and listen, and it wasn't some heat-em-and-eat-ems. It was some good food. Woo! I mean, your tongue wrapped around your eye, eye teeth, and you went blind for a minute. It was good. And, 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 and uh, I mean, we, every, every Sunday, Daryl, you remember, others you remember, we'd take out every chair out of this sanctuary, roll in cafeteria tables, put them down, and feed people. I'd be back dishing up food. Pastor Michelle was dishing up food. I had buses coming and going. Amen. Man, that was such a fruitful ministry for a number of years. And one day, the grace just came off of it. People say, well, doesn't God care about those people? No, 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 that's not the point. He started us with a purpose to get our foundation, There's still people that I run into that got saved in those ministries, that, that outreach. I was in Ellsworth Prison Ministry, and a young man came up to me. And my wife said he just sent an offering this week from prison. Came up to me and said, do you remember me? And I looked at him, and I thought, I know this kid. And he said, your son, you spend the night at our house. Your son spent the night there, too. I was just with your son yesterday. He told me how lazy he was. <laughs> <laughs> in a very very diplomatic way. Got a good head on his shoulders. But the point is, is uh, uh, he got born again in Operation Sunshine. Down uh, in Juniper Gardens housing complex downtown K- Mo before they tore it down. But here's the thing. God blessed that. But hear me. That season left. There are seasons to purpose. Seasons change. Purpose doesn't. And I'm going to close with this. And I, this is, I'm saying this by the spirit of the Lord. God is taking us to a place where we can accomplish all that he's asked us to do with more ease and less frustration. This building that you set in will house our studios. It will house our television production facility. God's taking us to a place of higher visibility and higher exposure. Amen. And hear me, it's not going to take long. If you need to know one thing about me, when I know that the Lord has pointed me in a direction, it's on high. Here, We have turned it up to 11. You understand? You don't see it. In the natural, but right now, I'm going 1,000 miles an hour. Hallelujah. Amen. Not going to be long. Not going to be long. Tell your neighbor, says it's not going to be long. <laughs> Our building is the next tool that God's bringing. And, I, Lord, I might as well say that, too. And I will fly in my Cessna 421C Golden Eagle. I will fly into the city, and I will fly out of the city. And God will pay for it. It's it's a necessity. It's a necessity. And the children's ministry will be full. And the youth ministry will be full. And the young adult ministry will will be full. And the adult sanctuary will be full. And every position will be three deep. Every position will have a three-deep surplus. We will not lack anything in the land that the Lord is taking us to. And if we'll press, we'll see a large part of that this year. I believe God. Let's stand up today, shall we? You know... As you're standing up in Job 23, 12, Job said something that, you know, very often when we think about the story of Job, we don't think about focus. But notice what Job said. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job didn't let his friends, his boils or his wife, get his focus. Hallelujah. Isn't that good?